one year, 11 months. Mm-hmm. One year, 11 months. I was one month away from having not been sick for two years. I mean, not going outside for two years will help with that. Exactly. That certainly didn't hurt. I get sick all the time. And when I get sick, it's real, real bad. Like, I I just, I'm such a sensitive little, like, I was saying earlier, um, before we recorded, I wore leggings for too long yesterday. <laughs> now my legs are itchy and have been for coming up 24 hours. Because my skin just can't handle anything. How dare you have a fabric? Right? It's forbidden. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got the flawless porcelain skin of a velvet angel. I don't know how yeah. something is both porcelain and velvet at once, but that's just how fucking awesome my skin is. Velvet draped over porcelain? There you go. There that's you what go. I am. I'm the velvet draped over porcelain of games media. Uh, it's It's well been established. People have said that about me for years. But anyway... The last time I was sick, I was hospitalised with the flu in March. You remember that, Conrad? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. we not long moved into that horrible place in Philly, and, and mm -hmm. I got mm -hmm. sick, and, and Justin got sick, and it was bad enough that I went to the hospital and got slapped with a massive bill, not missing that part of the grand old United States. Was that the place where your feet were going through the floors? Yeah. Yeah. Feet yeah. going through the floors, could hear upstairs urinating. It was a whole thing. But yeah, not been sick since then. And all I wanted, because it was inevitable one would get sick again, I just wanted to make it to two years. I was one month away from retirement. You wanted to hit the arbitrary milestone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, arbitrary milestones are, you know, they're emotionally important. Yeah. And you were robbed. The good news is that's the worst part of the illness. Because you can imagine what it was like for me. Monday, when my throat started getting sore, which always precedes uh, like just the worst for me. You can imagine someone who's due to make their UK wrestling debut this <sighs> Saturday. How panicked I fucking was. Yeah. After one year and ten months... To then be sick on the week of my fucking, of arguably like the most important night of my career, given the hype behind it, the fact I'm starting in a new country, and the fact that I didn't achieve fucking nothing in two years in Pennsylvania as far as wrestling longevity was concerned, right? This is so crucial. Oh, I was pissed. Luckily, luckily, I'm, it, it was a real brief one. Like, I'm feeling like a million times better now. Gonna have, like I've got a COVID test, so I'll I'll you know yeah best be safe. But like I I've got training tomorrow at the time of recording Thursday. That that'll be when this podcast goes up. Like I I was so fucking worried. That's been the last few years. Really has been oh no a th a, a throat based cough and slightly illness. It is it is it is, is it, it dot 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 question mark. Is it the is it that one? I can be ill, just not. Not the illness we don't speak of. So I'm, um, you know, I thought that I would like because if I get a cold, that's it for a week. I have trouble breathing and and can't move. All of this stuff it hits me hard. But luckily, the throat's gone, the feeling of rundown's gone, and I didn't get any coughs or sniffles. So I'm all right now. Oh, good. It was just a day. It was an day. So I'm, but uh oh. 
because I was sick for an day, I, I, I can't, I don't get my two year milestone. I mean, I, I knew it was a risk when I started cohabiting again because I, I, I'd been living alone after Justin left sort of mid 2020, like to, to get his own place. But obviously, I'm here in the UK with Phoenix and the family here. So I knew it was going to happen. I was like, can I just, can I just hold on one more month though? Can I just make it? And I, one, one year, 11 months though. It's a pretty good run. Not bad innings. Not bad. Not bad innings. Can we find some kind of technicality where this one doesn't count? Like, it's not an illness it's something just distinct enough that we can keep the clock running i'm not sure like i mean you could give it a half half off for it having been so brief here's i think our get out clause i am appointing myself the referee here (laughs) and i was looking the other way when it happened (gasps) this is a classic heel move yeah I I didn't see you yes. get ill. I wasn't looking in the direction of you. Look the other way. That's true. I never, I never even knew you were ill, and I continue yeah. to believe that's the case. Ex- right, that's perfect. You're looking the other way. I drop to my knees, low blow the cold. Yeah. One, two, three. Here's the thing: no one from the other team's telling me you got ill. I've, uh, what, what what do you want me the ref to hear? What do you want me to know? All right, so um. When you're over the weekend after next door, what do you want to do to celebrate my two years clean? <laughs> <laughs> that sounded wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh ooh. Well, um <laughs> I've been mildly disarmed there. <laughs> right. Hello. Hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Podquisition. <laughs> oh, it's Podquisition. It's, it's podcast. Us. We do. We do video game stuff yeah. and things. Yeah. Yeah. How are you all, you all doing? You, you ready to talk about video games? Doing all right. God damn, my legs are itchy. But yeah, let's talk about video games. We can. We've got like, sure there's all could. sorts of interesting news. Yeah. There's all sorts of interesting games. There's all sorts. There's all sorts. Where do we want to start? Who's got a thing that they have feelings about? We've both played the exact same games, haven't we, Laura? We have, yeah. Um, where, which one do you want to start on, Steph? Well, I feel like there's only like the biggest one. Yeah, should be started on, which is uh, that their Pokemon. You've been playing that Pokemon. I was not sure if that was a bit or not. I was right, <laughs> up, right up until I said Pokemon. I wasn't sure if it was a bit either. <laughs> I was like, what is a funny game to mention? I can't be asked with this Pokemon. That's That was my thought process. Um, yeah. Pokemon. Legends. Arceus. Is it Arceus? Because I've been saying Arceus. I feel like an Arceus now if I've been saying it wrong. It's officially pronounced Arceus, but I prefer Arceus because I don't like the the god of Pokemon has the word arse in it. Oh, okay. See, I on the other hand think that's great. Yeah, like I actually would prefer if it was called like you know anal analus analus. <laughs> I'm up for that anus. Just call it anus. So yeah, you've been playing playing that Pokemon Pokemon Legends anus. Yes, oh. uh, it's so fucking. Good though. I'm so happy you've been getting into it. Like I am delighted. We recorded this last week when I'd been playing for the better part of a week and reviews had barely gone up and I had no idea whether people were gonna dig this, and I was like, I think this is something really cool. 
and I'm very excited, and I hope that the world's not not just gonna go, nah, that's actually kind of shit. Everyone's sticking it, and I'm yeah. I'm. It's been exciting seeing how much you in particular have been enjoying it. This is what Pokemon should be from now on. Yeah, the next mainline series probably won't be, but this is what it should be. This is right. This is good. This is convenient and quick and 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 responsive and 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 it doesn't waste my fucking time. You just catch Pokemon and they go in the thing and you pick up items and it just says on the screen you picked up an item. It doesn't stop the game constantly with text boxes telling me I put a berry in my berry pocket. It's... Oh, God, I caught a shiny today. It was just there like it was fine. Yeah, it just did a little sparkle. Yeah. It is a, a, a glammy out. Yeah, I was riding on the back of a bear looking for treasure, as one does. Yeah. And then there was a little, like, tinkly-tonkly noise and some stars, and a shiny glammy owl just spawned. And I was like, brilliant, because I was live streaming it the other day, and uh, someone very kindly traded me for a purple worm pool, um, for a, a shiny one of those. And I was like, that's cute. I'm glad I've got and shiny. Probably ever see another one. And then today, yeah. just there it was, just a just a shiny glammy Yeah. Well, like the the thing I kind of want to talk about with that is. I really like how this game handles shiny Pokemon, and I know some people who are really into shiny hunting are like weirdly gatekeepy about this new game. But I'm but they want it. They want to feel more special and exclusive about it. Like, exactly, and like look, as someone who's put like thousands of hours into shiny hunting, I fucking love that it's it's more accessible here. So like, first of all, they do a little quest to introduce you to what a shiny Pokemon is. They got one with 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 a cool design that's like actually looks different to its usual one to go. Hey, this is what it is. I haven't seen that quest yet. I think you sent me a message about it, but I haven't checked my messages yet. If you go into the big building in the main town, um, yeah. the professor who's got the other starters, check his little message board, his little chalkboard. Yeah, there's other side quests on there. Oh, I've got those. I guess I didn't. I, I haven't. I've only been paying half attention to those quests. Yeah, there's one called a Peculiar Ponytail. Oh, I know that one. I di- oh, I didn't... Yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah, so the the deal with it is it, like, points the camera at this shiny Pokemon and it shows you the sparkle effect and it plays the sound so that when you're running across the field later and you hear a thing, you're like, I know that from that side quest. That's one of them shinies. God, this game respects your time. I, I love how much it respects me as a human being. Yeah. I feel seen by Pokemon at last. I feel seen. It just wants to be a more playable game yeah. and it doesn't feel like it's tied to a 30 year old game design and I, I'm happy. This is what I've wanted like I've I've expressed frustration I did I expressed frustration with Diamond and Pearl the remakes from last oh, year like yeah. that, that was the peak of lazy yeah. Pokemon reiteration like Pokemon Let's Go I I preferred more than almost any other Pokemon in years because it it wasn't all the way there but it was a less ponderous experience and 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 uh, Sword and Shield was it was edging in some direction, but it was still just very Pokemon. Yeah. And then Diamond and Pearl came out, and I was like, I, I, I can't go back to this. This is infuriating. It wastes so much of my time, all of the time. And this is just not that. It's amazing that Diamond and Pearl remakes and this came out back to back. And I get how it happened logistically. They put a B team on Diamond and Pearl so that they could work on this. Yeah, they but, like, did. It's such a... Night and day difference in terms of we're phoning in a design we've done for years versus 
a Pokemon game that feels vaguely like a modern game. Mm-hmm. And it isn't just like it, it could have probably been on the 3DS, but it's upscaled a bit. Yeah. I've been I've just been playing the shit out of it. Like I've yeah. I wake up, I play Pokemon. I go to bed. I play Pokemon. <laughs> like it's yeah, I like today I've been like finally like getting alphas and like the the big big boys like getting them that's fun. And and the other stuff like the effort values and and the natures mm. like I I haven't unlocked the ability to change natures yet, but the fact you can like it's just streamlined and made made perfecting things cuz I've got a problem with with those effort values and natures and stuff. Like it's my 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 two main mental illnesses conflict with Pokemon. Yeah. Because there's my obsessive compulsive disorder, which bugs me constantly that I don't have the optimum Pokemon, the the, the perfect Pokemon with the right nature and the right EVs and all these stats, right? Mm. But the ADHD is like, I don't want to bother with any of it. So I play Pokemon not bothering to perfect my Pokemon, but always being bothered that I've not bothered to perfect my Pokemon. But things like this make me not worry and stress so much about it. A big part of what this game has specifically done is it's taken a few different ideas that got played around with in Let's Go and in Sword and Shield, and sort of really dives into that any Pokemon can be given perfect stats and you don't have to spend forever to do it. They've got the nature mints, where you just in the post-game can be like, this one doesn't have the optimal this up, this down, give it a nature mint, it's done now. And they've basically taken EVs and IVs, which were like values that you either had to randomly have on your Pokemon or grind huge amounts to change later, Mm -hmm. and ones that you had to fight very specific Pokemon to make the right stat go up and only certain numbers of stats could go up so much. Convoluted system. Now it's just, if you catch spare Pokemon, which you're gonna do because like you're trying to fill in the decks, release them. Here is a generic resource which you can invest in improving the, like, any given stat of any Pokemon. And by improving one stat, you're not, like, limiting your ability to improve the other stat later. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, perfect. Is that true? Can I just throw that, like, that grit stuff at, like, all of them? Uh, I mean, yeah. Other than, like, running out of that dust. You can, you can max out every stat on a Pokemon 210 if you have the correct, like, the the dusts to get it there. Yeah, boy. I was using it, like, just on the the dominant stats just to be sure, because I wasn't entirely sure, so. The way the EVs used to work was that you could only gain a certain number of them, so whichever stat you were raising you were taking away your ability to raise other ones. Nah, you can max them all out now. It's perfect. I don't want to fuck around with spreadsheets when I play a fun cartoon animal game. Like, this yeah. is... It's, God, this game is just... It's, it's everything I dislike about Pokemon answered and changed. Practically, I don't... Yeah, every complaint I've had with, with the previous mainline games has been addressed and fixed. Brilliant. Look, th- there are things that are not perfect about it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, sure. there are there are some te- there are some technical hiccupy bits here and there. I've occasionally had a couple of little glitchy bits. There's a few things I could certainly nitpick, but I have not cared about any of that while playing because it's got such a good, satisfying general loop that never interrupts the flow and it never throws too many things at you. And it once you get through that intro just leaves you to sort of play it how you want to play it and yeah i've i've talked a little bit about this on on streams this week 
I, I really appreciate how wildly different a set of experiences this game supports in terms of when players... How much detail do you want to go into? My first playthrough, I think I spent about 65 hours and I played the whole game and most of the post-game content, I just like pushed through it. I'm 40 hours in and I'm in the second area of the game. I barely got there. Fuck. I spent so... My second playthrough, I spent so long in the first area of the game that Pokemon up to level 100 would obey me. I did so much Pokemon research. <laughs> and I had a great time. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, this game's real good. There's plenty of stuff to grind in there if grinding's what people want to do. But it's... Yeah. None of it's like just random chance shit. It's like... Like, filling out the Pokedex and getting research points for them. It's like, the versatility there, where it's like, you can get points for catching a certain amount of uh, a Pokemon, or uh, battling a certain amount, or seeing it do a certain move, or defeating this Pokemon with a certain move. Like, it's... Yeah, you can just run around, catch one of everything, or, no, or just catch a few, you know? Like, you can... Do whatever you want. Yeah, I appreciate how much it does just leave that open to you to be like, you can do these things the second they come up and the second you're told to, or you can go off and ignore them entirely and the game will never bug you about coming back to them. But if you forget what things are available, there's a really good system for checking what quests you've got there. And like, it's just really well thought out. Yeah. It's it's a neat game. I'm having a very good time. It's been a while since I played a game where I'm just like I can't stop, and I, and it's a genuine quality experience. Yeah, I played sixty five hours and then picked it up again from the start straight away after, and have played another thirty or forty hours obsessively playing, and I'm not growing bored of it. I've got an alpha Gengar. Boy's fucking huge. I imagine that's a fucking big Gengar that be. Oh, uh, I di I got my first alpha shiny the other day. I got I got what was it? It was um an alpha stantler, a a big green reindeer. This fucking huge, and I'm I'm ready to evolve it into its big old man reindeer form. Sorry, I've been visited by a small child. A small child is is shouting bop. Bop is he's got one of those little fidget toys with where you like the bubbles that you can pop in and out oh, oh i got it for him the other day it's in the shape of a dinosaur <laughs> it's white but if you take it out into the sun it goes purple and pink it's pretty amazing that's pretty cool yeah he just decided to to walk in and show it and go pop pop at me <laughs> bye that's, that's adorable right, he's off <laughs> i don't know if i want like the next pokemon game to be exactly this but there is a lot of things in this that I desperately hope become consistent parts of the series going forward. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I will struggle to go back if the next main Pokemon game with a bunch of new creatures added... I won't accept it. Well, I'll say this. I will accept if they want to go back to a more, like, PvP battles is more, is more of a thing. There's more trainer battles. There's more, like, combat focus. But I am going to not... I played a little bit of Sword and Shield last night. It felt really old after playing this. It's going to be so hard to go back if it doesn't keep like the big environments, the overworld visible Pokemon, the uh, the speed of encounters, the overworld uh, like the encounters happening where they are on the overworld. If that stuff rolls back, I'm going to be so disappointed because this is so many people have been so positive about this. I really hope they stick with it. Don't don't feed me steak one week 
and then give me pine cones the next. I don't want a plate of pine cones anymore. I've had steak. <sighs> Bit of an overrated meat, really. Oh, I, w- I would agree. A but... good meat. Don't give me a good meat and then bad meat. This is analogy fell apart. <laughs> don't do food analogies and criticism. That's the one thing. I- it's the one thing I've tried to avoid for years. And then here I am talking about steaks and pine cones. Don't eat pine cones. <sighs> can you eat pine? Conrad, can you eat pine cones? Is-, is there something some fancy person does with those? They put them in a soup or something. I don't. Th- I mean, I think you would struggle to digest a pine cone. You I th- pr- I probably so. could pass it. Uh, pine cones can be eaten raw, but are better roasted or toasted. Fucking hell. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, toasted pine cones. Yeah, I guess. Well, we've learned a thing. Apparently, they're a good source of fiber and vitamin C. Oh, I, I suspect they are a very good source of fiber, <laughs> yeah. Especially <laughs> they look a bit like all brand. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon's, Pokemon's bloody good. It's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, like, genuinely so pleased with it. My, my biggest nitpick is... It's got stamina for sprinting, which seems to be there just because games decided that's what we should have, which when you get the mount, it's not so bad in the overworld. But when I'm running around the fairly sizable village, I'm like, don't slow me down arbitrarily. Agreed. Like the the, the village is the only place where I notice that. And it's just because like, oh, the place where I go um by by my basic items is not near the gate where i need to leave for excursions it's like yeah stuff's pretty like like spread out and you don't sprint for very long no um so it's a bit bit of a pain in the ass like at least let me ride my little you know ride the mount in there or something i wish you could at the very least ride the mount or that they turned off the sprinting stamina while you're in the village so at least you could sprint around there so few games need it like what does it add what what how is that making the game better? I will say I think Breath of the Wild justified having a stamina system for its climbing. I think that it made sense there, but it doesn't make sense in most cases for just running around speed. Yeah, I'm gonna bite my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna bite I mean, my tongue. I'm just saying you got a stamina system for your climbing and then you make it rain every thirty fucking seconds. I mean, I'm not saying that is good. I am saying that using that as your progression gate for you have to do things to improve your stamina to get to new areas, I think worked as a way of gating off a very open world. I genuinely pulled a neck muscle being annoyed at Breath of the Wild. <laughs> my, my neck muscles are very prone to seizing up. I was going to say, I don't know if you can blame Breath of the Wild for you getting a neck muscle thing. It's prone. There are triggers, <laughs> and Breath of the Wild just flipped the switch. God damn them! I tried. Oh, oh God, Laura! I was. Oh, I spent so long climbing that fucking wall. I know. I know. And it kept raining. Oh. oh. <laughs> but no, this game is just like it's. It's so <laughs> antithetical to Breath of the Wild as well. Like all of the complaints I could have had of that. Like it's so not the kind of thing i expect from this series or from a nintendo published game at this point i will say nintendo has really impressed me with breath of the wild and this in terms of their first attempts at taking primarily linear games and making them into big open world experiences managing to capture a lot of what made the original idea work 
while not being very similar to the thing that came immediately before them. Yeah. Nintendo's been doing alright at that this gen. They have been... They've done alright. I mean, I guess people will point out that Nintendo doesn't necessarily make this unless they did make this one but uh, this, uh, yeah the, the Pokemon company but I believe yeah I believe some of the Breath of the Wild team helped with the open world in this I think that was a thing that I saw in the credits so I could believe that yeah and I mean like that seems correct I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo were like we have a team that knows how to open world now Mm-hmm. Make them available. But, you know, you're right when it comes to, like, you know, Nintendo, the Pokemon Company, Game Freak, all of them, like, for years are so good at resting on their laurels. And there are no laurels to be found here. Yeah. Like, for, for any any flaws you have with Breath of the Wild or with, with this, it's nice to see Nintendo step into what feels like a modern approach to some of their series. Yes. Yes, this is it's the best Pokemon game I've played in so many years. Yeah. So many years. I don't remember the last time I found Pokemon exciting mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. Unexpected, surprising, and um yeah, it's good. Conrad, we'll just talk about this all day if, if you don't step in. What what have you been playing this week? I mean that that's fine if you want to talk about this all day. I don't mind. I mean, I'd ju- I'd just be talking in circles saying Pokemon is good. It's mm. good. I got a blue. Mm-hmm. I I got a blue shiny Psyduck earlier today. I that mean, was pretty cool. It's I, heck. Even I'm starting to get sold on the idea of it. I haven't you know touched a Pokemon game since uh, Diamond and Pearl. The first time. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be what fifteen years. Yeah, I think so. Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah that was early DS, right? So, but I mean, you know, it's the same complaints, you know, and it sounds like they've all been addressed. Yeah, like the only caveat I have for it still is if you are someone who cares about the elitism of how shiny Pokemon have been done in the past, the elitism of the minute invisible stat system or tournament-level competitive play online against other players, if those are your priorities in Pokemon, this is not going to be the Pokemon for you. If those are not what you have pre- in, in historically come to the series for, you are probably going to be quite pleasantly surprised by this. Well, I have to say, you have described three things that I find intriguingly uh, complex and fascinating to observe from a distance but want nothing to do with directly. <laughs> Yep. What if you didn't have to deal with those? Well, I didn't have to deal with them before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No, it does sound great. But that's that's the thing is, what if what if just that that just was none none of that was a concern, and it was just go go do a bunch of tasks and explore a big world. Yeah, and go go find some cool creatures and tick things off a list. You know, and if I ever thought it would be less than full retail, I would consider buying it. <laughs> but. <laughs> That's unlikely. Um, yeah. I have been playing more of that Paparazzi on Xbox yeah. Game Pass. Yeah, a bit. A bit more. I went and checked out a few more environments. There's still a lot of good dogs doing a lot of good things. It introduces some additional questy stuff where, you know, like, oh, the arcade's been closed. Go in, sne- break in there and take a photo. And then the arcade area gets opened and populated with dogs. There's a skate park that has to be cleaned up. Little tasks now in addition to the taking the photos of the dog. And it's all it's all good. The one thing I I, I, 
I think is important that I think is a game changer. Now, I didn't realize last week when I was playing and since discovered uh, is your character in the game because it's presented entirely from a first person view until you get a selfie add on. Oh, but this is this isn't where I, I discovered this first because I was walking along a beach and there were shadows being cast by a, a sun that your character is basically a camera on legs. Okay. When you pet a dog, you are actually using one of your legs <laughs> to pet the dog. Brilliant. Oh, that's delightful. And in the selfie view, the camera you know, perspective is switched around to looking at... It's real hard to move around with it, but there it is, aimed at you, the camera on legs, and it is just... Weird AF, and I kind of love it. So I just wanted to make sure people knew that if, if you weren't already sold by petting and taking pictures of good, good boys and girls, you're doing it as a camera on legs. I mean, I'm, I'm sold on these good, good friends. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. It's real good. Has there been enough to sort of keep going forward? Has it done anything different as it goes, or is it... Here's a new place to keep finding good doggos. Well, so far it's, you know, here's a new place. Um, each of the environments uh, has at least one uh, quest that you'll have to, like, wander around to find and unlock. And, you know, th there's some environmental interaction stuff. But no, for the most part, it's here's a new environment. Here's some requests for some dogs to develop. I don't know if there's an ongoing narrative. It seems like there is. Um, you have a sort of experience system that's based on getting likes from uploading photos of the dogs to the dog net. <laughs> and not only dogs. You know, I, I took a photo of a duck and I got some likes for saying, hey, you know, it's nice to see that not everything here it has to be dogs. I thought, yeah, that's right. I'm not going to make a career out of it because clearly dog content is more successful. But um, there's a character that pops up occasionally when you enter an area, uh, the, the king of Dogtown or something like that. I don't know. But he's got quests for me if I breach these like levels that seem just way out of reach right now. So I'm not worrying too much about it. I'm just taking dogs and enjoying a chill time. And, and if a, a story or something larger lands in my lap, that's fine too, but otherwise, I'm taking pictures of good, good dogs. I mean, what more do you want? Yeah, not much. What more do you want? Not, not, much. not a lot more is needed from life. It's interesting because uh, you know, I like I have tried to play a lot of games this week. Actually, mm. like I, on on the list, I put the two games that I actually put any significant time into. Yeah. And actually, I could add one more in there, and maybe if we have time, we'll get back to it. But. I was just sitting there and, and playing these games and just not enjoying them at all. You know, and I play a lot of roguelike stuff and a session is, you know, typically like 10, 20 minutes. I'll play 10, 20 minutes of a game. It's just like, ugh, this, ugh. You know, I, I played some Isaac. I played some Spelunky. I played, I, I don't think I played any Hades, but that I feel like this would have happened because I've been feeling that way about this as well. And then I loaded up paparazzi and I was like, yeah, there's no expectations here. There's nothing, you know, I'm just, I'm just making dogs happy and making myself happy. 
that feels very similar to how I have been this week with Pokemon. Like, I've tried a lot of other things that usually I'd be like, yeah, okay, I put some time in this, I put some time in that. I had a similar week of just, I kept falling back to Pokemon and being like, I'm having fun with this gameplay loop. And it's okay if I just play the thing I'm enjoying rather than right. a bunch of things where I'm like, eh. Well, and it just, it, it helped me to, you know, realize that, you know, it's, I, I should just take a break and, and do something else yeah. for a while. There's something just, just dramatically different and how refreshing that just was to do. I didn't even play long. Like I played yeah. maybe a couple of hours of it, but then I didn't really play much of anything else after that because I was like, okay, I'm good. I, I feel like I played a game and I had fun and the game served the purpose that game normally serves for me. That's what games are for is to have fun. It was so nice to have something different and it. I will probably, that's probably what it's going to be now for a, a good long while. I, I doubt I'm going to finish it. I'm certainly not going to be driven to complete anything, clearly, because it's just, it's a their thing that I can passively feel some satisfaction at, a, at ticking some boxes off a checklist. Yeah. It's all very cute and vibrant and fun to tool around in. And then I don't feel like it's a problem to walk away from it either. Yeah. And come back in a couple of weeks and spend another hour or two just vibing. It sounds really pleasant. I need to find some time yeah. to look into it. Yeah. It's it's nice to just have a game that can be like, there is no expectation, just work through stuff at your pace. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steph. Pl yeah, talk about the other game you played. Yeah. Steph, do you want to start on the other game? Right. Yeah. So I need to get a controller for the PC because doing it on mouse and keyboard is proving... Yeah. Enough of a hassle that I've not played much of it yet. Can you use your can you use a PS5 controller? Or Oh maybe able yeah. Or or your Xbox One controller. Yeah, the Xbox controller. If you've got a USB cable for it, you can just plug it into the PC. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we can do that then. Yeah. And then I can get back to playing Bloodborne TSX. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is I watched Casey play this. Casey Explosion yeah. on Twitch play this. Yeah, it's been doing the round it's been in development for quite some time and it's generated a lot of buzz on social media and came out uh was it yesterday at the time of recording this week certainly i, th I think so it came out this week and it's on itch for those interested i want to say before we get any further i'm so glad this game actually came out because they released they announced it so early they did the thing that i always tell people making like fan content or remakes never to do which yes. is to announce it like years before it's ready <laughs> mm -hmm. like the fact it didn't get cease and desisted before it came out is a miracle, and I'm I'm glad that we actually got to the bit where it's out. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, you know, unfortunately, that's always a concern. Like, as I was downloading yeah. it, I was like, right, I'm glad I've got this. I better keep these files just in case, because yeah. you never know. I still have another Metroid 2 remake. Yeah. Because there was that, there was the, the Streets of Rage fan sequel that was made that got pulled, like, within hours. The, the one at the moment that's doing that is a... Um, a remake of Ocarina of Time, which has announced that it's about two months away from being oh, finished. No. And I'm like, don't yeah. don't say it, don't mention it. Be careful, especially with Nintendo. Yeah. God, I mean, you, you can't even sell t-shirts with 100% original artwork on it. I've heard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I hear. Um, right, yeah, so... Bloodborne PSX. I really haven't gotten far in it at all. I'm going to, you know, have to go downstairs, grab a controller and, and 
do it that way. But what I have played is, well, for those who don't know, it's a full-on remake of Bloodborne, but as a PS1 game. Yeah. And it's impressive as hell. Yeah. It is surprising how few limitations have to exist to get this faithful feeling a version running. Yeah, like in every regard, like like it feels faithful as a remake of Bloodborne and it feels faithful as a PSX game. Like it mm. it's so authentic. I have had a little bit of time playing it and like there's a few drawbacks that clearly are things that are we are trying to create how this would have felt originally not right. trying to work with modern options that we could add here like you know sometimes when you see people make like fake retro games but they'll do little modern conveniences for the sake of of that's what we're used to yeah yeah just some modernization yeah like a big example of this with bloodborne psx is that the camera control is basically just done with the um yeah it's done with buttons it's not designed for um no stick assuming stuff. Yeah, yeah it's not assuming that you had the um the playstation controller with the sticks on it the dual shock a dual shock. A dual shock. Yes, <laughs> my my words mm. failed me. Yeah, it doesn't like it doesn't support dual stock sh- shock style actual bloodborne controls. Yeah. And, like there's some things that are like okay, you made that worse because you know. But yeah, PlayStation, you... and yeah, and I think that ultimately kind of lends to its charm despite its playability because that's the thing is what this does well is it captures the feeling of. I could believe yeah. that this could be a thing. It's very cute that it does uh, a read of your memory card when you save. Yeah. Like, it's got little save points that with a, a fake memory card screen. That's cute. It's one of the few games I've seen, like, try and really capture not just low-quality... 3D visuals, but try and really hit that nostalgia button of what this console's very specific quirks of 3D were like. Yes, yes. It's not just like, we made it a bit blocky. It's like, no, we made this look like a fucking PS1 game. Yeah, and I, I'm, I've i been saying for a while, I really hope that we get an era of indie devs making things that authentically feel nostalgic for that era. Because, like, th- this this nails it. They have put a lot of work into that visual design. And it plays... It plays better than I would have expected it would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the way it runs, the... Just... <laughs> for for a game, like, for a development of this scale, for it to run as well as it does and, and feel as tight as it does, it's... Wow. While being as tiny of a download as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fucking wow. I, I need to put more time into it, but my, my initial response is pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. worth worth a bit of time i love that it exists i think that's yes. that's where i'm at with it i love that it exists because it sits at an interesting venn diagram for me of like modern games that i find interesting but have no interest in actually playing and era of video games that i find interesting and have no desire to go back to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I know for me, like, very specifically, PS1 and 64 era was when I got into video games properly, and, like, sure. that nostalgia is very ingrained, but I know that that's very much a product of 
of my time. As someone who is slightly older, I have exactly the same attraction to sprite art. Yeah. And that 16-bit mode and, and the 8-bit mode. That, that yeah. I love those things and sometimes have been willing to overlook problems because I find that attractive. Um, but, uh, boy, that PS1 era when it arrived, it was when I was like, I'm kind of checking out for a pit. Like, can we not do 3D? Can we hold off on this until we figured it out a little better? I remember when I was a kid thinking the same thing, like those early 3D games, I was like, how is this better? Yeah. How is this better than what I was playing on the Genesis? The way around I came to it was N64 and then Super Nintendo, so I very much was like, big amazing worlds can be done even if, like, you know, I, I was I was an idiot kid, I was like, I was filling in the gaps. Sure. And then got to go back to sprite art and be like, oh, this is also good and valuable. Sure. And I I I appreciate them both because I I did I wasn't ruined by good sprite art. <laughs> right. And but it's it's in, it's so interesting because I recognize that f- these are now cultural artifacts. Yeah. That people can have a sense of nostalgia for. And it's it's kind of bizarre. It's a bizarre aspect of aging. Yeah. To see things in the past that other people are nostalgic for that existed in my lifetime that I have no sense of nostalgia for because it it I now predate the point where I think it's practical to have that sense. It's bizarre. And I, I kind of love to see it happen. I mean, what the heck? Who cares? I'm not going to play it, but it's neat to see. Mm-hmm. And to see something that so faithfully is recreating that. The only thing that I I, I think of uh, – oh, because I was watching Casey play it. The only thing that stood out in my mind is maybe they probably were doing as a concession is it doesn't have tank controls. Yeah. You know? Thank God. Oh, God. Yeah. No, it'd be a <laughs> nightmare. God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine <laughs> playing Bloodborne with tank control? Fucking <laughs> yeah. hell. My, my big question about it right now is I'm curious, and I haven't done the proper research for this, is how much of Bloodborne is represented here. Is, mm. is this attempting to be go the whole way through Bloodborne, or is this small microcosm have a little taste of it? And I've been unclear about that. Yeah, I haven't seen how far it's gone, obviously, because I've you know yeah. not progressed beyond the very opening sequence. But um, yeah, I, I, however much is there, I like I can't wait to like get to like the cleric beast or something and and just see a boss like this. I want to make time to maybe stream it at some point this week because like yeah, it's it's a neat little artifact to exist. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with the work that's gone into this. Uh, what about you, Conrad? What have you been playing? Um, so I've been playing a lot of Terraria still. Um, still exploring a lot of the content that didn't exist since the last time I played it. I've been fishing a lot, doing a lot of fishing, catching yourself some little fishes, catching some little fishes. Oh. There's this there's this character that you eventually find once you find an ocean biome. He'll come floating in, and he's the angler. And every day, he wants you to catch a fish. But he wants you to catch that fish in a specific biome at a specific depth. And um, that means having places where you can fish in all of those biomes. And sure, sometimes they're naturally occurring. But the easier thing to do is to just go into them and 
dig out a tank. It's like 75 blocks deep by like eight wide and just pump water into it and fish from there. Mm-hmm. So I built about eight, nine of these fucking things <laughs> this week. <laughs> Along with, you know, little nice cities surrounding them. And I'm catching fish. And the whole reason I'm doing this is so that I can get three items from this guy that I can merge into one other item that I can then accompany three other items I've already made and merge those into one so it all takes up less inventory space in my fucking inventory. <laughs> so that's been my week. The other thing I, I played, uh, I played, uh, I was, I, I, my phone went off. I was making some dinner. My phone went off. My Twitch got a Twitch notification. The game's done quick. It was streaming. Game's done quick. Was streaming Mega Man Zero. Mm. And I thought to myself, "Oh, that ought to be interesting." Uh, I like Mega Man Zero. I remember playing the hell out of that one. Uh, one, two, and three. Played all of those, and I think the first two ZX games. And so I'm like, I'm gonna watch this Twitch stream of Games Done Quick. That ought to be a good good stream of Mega Man Zero, and it was, but what it, what it was is uh, they do now a variety of shows on Games Done Quick's stream, uh, and it's very interesting and entertaining, uh, and they, they have different focuses on different evenings, and on this one, the emphasis was on sort of blind speed running a game. Mm. So these people had never played Mega Man Zero before and didn't know much about it and did not know that it is brutally difficult <laughs> <laughs> uh. it is it is the i i think it's the segment of the x franchise that does the least fucking around in terms of all right you're gonna play this you wanted to be zero you wanted to be a badass you show us what a badass is um and it's rough and so it was very entertaining watching these two players do a blind race through this very difficult game and i was like you know what there is that zero zx collection that capcom put out a little while back i'm gonna go grab that and play some Mega Man zero and it is still a very good game it is you know antiquated lacks some modern niceties sure but on the whole very solid I don't know. I didn't think it was as hard as I <laughs> – although although the, the bosses will, will really give you a run for it and uh, it, it's a fun game. Uh, I think I'm probably going to replay the whole damn Zero series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't played them in years, but I remember them very fondly. Yeah, they're, they're I'm still not, not, still not uh, totally on about the uh, direction that the art went in this period. Yeah. Where it it went a very specific manga direction. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Everything went sharp but round at the same time. Yes. It feels it, well, it also like the art looks cool, but also has that this is half finished sketch feel to it. Hmm. I will say one of the interesting things that I did like about the upscaling that that collection does is before you get around to remembering to like change the default filter, the full screen art is remarkable. Like it looks really cool with the filters and it still looks good when you, you know, turn the filtering off, but I I love the full frame art in it. Mm-hmm. It it is beautiful. It's just a wild direction for the series to go in and on the whole 
doesn't appeal to me. Um, it, I don't know. They made everything ch- childlike, I guess. Like all of the characters feel like kids in some way that they never did before for some reason. Hmm. Even though theoretically I recognize that like the characters of X and Zero are supposed to be around adolescent depiction, right? Yeah. Anyway, it's good games. I'm going to play more of them. I have some breaking news before we get on to news, by the way. Oh, what's the, what's the breaking news? Just saw it on Twitter. You can pet the dog in Bloodborne PSX. <gasps> oh, no. Oh. Yeah, the oh, Can wow. You Pet the Dog Twitter account has shown that there is one of those like monster dogs just sitting there like like a good boy, and you can just go and pet it on the head. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Amazing. Game of the year. <sighs> Shall we jump onto the bits of news that aren't about dog petting? Yeah, because we got a f- we got a- we got a few of those this week. Yeah, why not? Where should we start? Should we start with Team Seventeen and their <laughs> NFTs? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, God, another lesson in: don't assume you're taking part in a Ponzi scheme, and just assume everyone will be cool with it. Yeah. So let's let's start at the start of this. Worms developer Team17 has announced it's getting into NFTs. These limited edition unique pieces of computer-generated artwork, blah blah blah. They were making terrible computer-generated worms. Uh, But they were environmentally friendly because they give a bit of the money to some environmental shit, which, you know... It's like I've ripped the door off your hinges, but I've put some cornflakes boxes in the frames. Did either of you see the example worm? No. Oh, no, I didn't see the example worm. I was too busy just telling Team 17 to fuck themselves on Twitter. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Oh, God. Are you talking about the kernel? Uh, yes, with the rainbows block. Y- yeah, oh that is. Oh, my God. Why do NFTs have to... Team 17 has artists. What? Why does it have to be? It's like the moment something's an NFT, it's like, let's make it garbage. Because it's generative. Because it's randomly generative, so they can make millions of them without having to do any work, is the idea. Garbage! God, everything is a scam. And here's the thing, there is there is a way to do generative art that remains uh, that maintains a sense of consistency yeah. and continuity between the elements that are being combined. This it, this is just yes. garbage lazy work. Wow. God, it's so good though. And this is the one they chose to use to advertise too. It's oh, hideous. Yeah. But the- but the, you know what all of this stuff is hideous, so that probably Fits right in. Well, that's it. The moment I see it, I'm like, yeah, Team 17 has artists. They could have had good-looking NFTs, but because it's an NFT, it has to be lazy, slapdash, and artless, because that's what this whole scam is. But oh my god, was it worth it? Was it worth seeing the visual abomination that is the kernel for the fallout of this? I'm so glad that you both looked at it for the first time while on air, because I... (laughs) mm. Right, so, the first bit of this story was... NFTs got announced. Several developers and studios and teams within Team 17 had no knowledge of this uh, until it was publicly announced, which led to several developers and teams under Team 17 just making statements of yep. fury at their, their got- parent, like company above them. We've got Agro Crab Games. Condemn. We are Agro Crab. 
condemn Team Seventeen's decision to produce and engage with NFTs. Oh my god, this is really good. I'm I didn't yeah. read the full thing. Oh no, I'm so. We yeah, believe it's... NFTs cannot be environmentally friendly or useful, and really are just an overall fucking grift. <laughs> then there was a bit about not harassing the devs, of course, which is um, you know yeah. very important information. Um, needless to say, we will not be working with them on further titles and encourage other indie developers to do the same unless this decision is reversed. I fucking hate it here. <laughs> and, and, yeah. You know what? Maybe this, maybe this is ultimately how, at least in this space, we win. Yeah, you know, is through just the smart PR move for any company is to say we want nothing to do with NFTs. Yeah. Well, last night when Overcooked, the the Overcooked devs announced their condemnation of Team Seventeen's, um, and Platonic did as well. Yeah, when I saw that, I I I responded to it on Twitter, you know, like quote tweeted and and pointed out like, do in in the United States, high fructose corn syrup is a controversial thing but like no one really wants it it's poison but it's got a powerful lobby so it's in everything that's what nfts is Mm. and i'm reminded of when drinks companies would advertise themselves as having no high fructose corn syrup in it like no corn syrup because it's a good pr move to let people know that there's no fucking poison in your product nfts are corn syrup the only trouble is like i said the the corn industry is fucking powerful. So as much as I love the pushback on this, I am still worried. I want to add two clarifications to this. Mm. Uh, one, it's uh, this poison isn't uh, in this product specifically. It's not that there isn't poison yes. in this product. Yeah. It's that we didn't put this poison oh, well, in this product. I mean, obviously. Yeah. And that will be the same with video games. It'll be, there's no NFTs. Yes, there's microtransactions. I'm talking about the PR move. Right, but it, but it is remarkable how many... Because I have been... I removed high fructose corn syrup from my diet uh over 10 years ago now yeah and you know and and i you know still occasionally have some to some extent it's unavoidable and in some cases there's just some things that i like that have it and i've made peace with that yeah but it went from not being able to buy entire market segments of products without having to go to a specialty store you know to find that thing to now having half of the labeled products of that type with a label on it stating that it doesn't have high fructose corn syrup in it anymore. It's your bread, it's your peanut butter, it's everything. It's spreading to everything. Yeah, there's no need for it to be in bread. Oh, no. No. And you get the fucking corn lobby with these creepy little commercials that are like, oh, there's nothing wrong with corn syrup if it's in moderation. And it's like, you can't have it in moderation in America. Yeah. Because this shit, which is regulated in Europe because it's poison, is in everything. Is like mm. in stuff it literally doesn't need to be in just because the corn industry yeah. has a say on what gets to be in everybody's food. And I'm worried about NFTs because very much like corn syrup, they're not popular. No. No one really wants them. They're to serve a very small, powerful group. It, it's nice seeing smaller entities within bigger companies go out of their way to go, 
do not listen to our parent company's lie that this will be environmentally friendly. We will not have anything to do with it. Yeah. We do not approve of what they are doing around us. One thing I want to stress, and I've been trying to stress, is that like a lot of people will look at stuff like this, like stuff like the like Stalker Two walking back NFTs, Team Seventeen walking back NFTs, like like companies announcing an NFT thing, getting massive pushback, and then realizing shit we can't get away with this that's great encouraging it makes me laugh i love it but jimmy fucking fallon was on tv with paris fucking hilton and they were yeah pushing this grift on people who are not that connected and who do not know exactly what a scam this is and that's my yeah. fucking fear is they are they are brute as i said on the gymquisition this past week yeah. they are brute forcing nfts onto us they the investor class the executive class have seeded this rigged game and they need to sucker us into it in order for this grift to be complete and they are they are suckering people so, through sheer force there is a really good video on the folding ideas youtube channel yes dan olson did, did like it's the definitive work i think on nfts i think so and one of the things it really hammers home that i hadn't really internalized is that so much of the push for nfts is nothing to do with nfts themselves and it's to do with cryptocurrency and it's specifically to do with the fact that ethereum as a cryptocurrency is what nfts are they are ethereum with a little bit of code or text attached to them and basically they're only being pushed because people invested in ethereum and no one people realized that crypto was not an investment and that they weren't going to make money and the people who hold a bunch of ethereum needed a way to sell their ethereum like the investor class and like there's a bunch of good stuff in there about like all of the big huge capitalists that own most of the fucking crypto but like yeah it's because they couldn't sell you crypto by itself that so they started doing NFTs to try and get you to buy the fucking Ethereum off them. Yeah, it's terrifying. Like, when you look at, like, the growth of this, because, you know, I remember, I remember that, like, the meme, this is very good for Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, where the speculators were constantly pointing at every little change in the market and speculating that, oh, this is great for us, the, for the Bitcoin investors. And the joke being, it wasn't because it wasn't working out for them. And where we're now at the point where like main, late night TV shows where mainstream celebrities are pushing this stuff, uh, doing the bidding of these grifters who need to offload um, what they sunk their money yeah. into. It's terrifying. I am scared. It's the inevitable endpoint of any kind of Ponzi scheme, pyramid scheme, however you want to describe a pyramid that gets bigger and needs more and more people to sustain it as it goes, which is it's going to hit mass adoption at some point and the mass group of people will buy in and have no one to sell to because well, everyone yeah. has them now and then every, there will be, the mass adoption will hit eventually hit that point of oh fuck I bought useless nothing. It's not going to take long. We were, we, you know, we're at a point where, like, like these crypto scammers are scamming each other already. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a slaughter, is what it is. It's a fucking slaughterhouse for anyone getting involved in this. It's, it's just financially lethal. And I hate that the game industry has, has like, jumped on this because it's going to ruin games. It's going to lead to games becoming so fucking awful and dangerous. But this is why the repeated L's that these publishers are taking as they push out 
this stuff that no one wants is, I think, positive because it's not just a matter of, you know, like, haha, it's funny and, and, you know, great. But I think it signals every single time it happens to a broader and broader public that, hey, this is some scammy bullshit because it's never going to turn around the people who are in. They're in and they're trying to get out. Yeah. That's their goal. Yeah. So they need it to spread and proliferate. You're never going to reach them, but we have to insulate as many as we can in the broader audience that are going to be bombarded with this. I say what I say not to make people feel hopeless. I say what I say to stress how fucking important it is to push back constantly. Yes, don't stop. Can I make a point about how important it is to talk to people who are not in tech in your life about this stuff and the fact it's coming so they know about it before it gets to them. Yes. I know someone whose entire thing is working in wildlife conservation and nature work who had not heard of NFTs. Their entire thing is trying to keep the animals alive in a burning planet that is heating up too much. Yeah. They didn't know that there was a tech thing that was draining like a country's worth of the internet, uh, of, like, of electricity. It's scary. People who you would think would know about the dangers of this, haven't heard about it. Talk to people in your life about it. I say what I say because I've seen people feel so complacent about this. You know, it's, oh, yeah. they walk it back within 24 hours, which, yes, s some of them have. The big, powerful, influential ones have not. Konami has not. Square Enix sure as shit will not. Recently, Ubisoft, like an Ubisoft executive, was like, "Oh well, gamers just don't understand NFTs." And you know what? I'm not gonna fucking hear it from a company that doesn't understand consent in the first place. We've almost got one of the big players backing out, and maybe this is a good point to move over to the. Actually, yeah. we didn't even say the punchline of this story, which is it took Team Seventeen less than twenty four hours yeah. to backpedal. Yes, that twenty four was... hours they'd gone. Oops, we fucked up. Yeah, that was what we were working to. Towards. But yeah, let's mention the one of the other back uh, backtrack ones. It's not as hard of a backtrack, but it is a much bigger company. You know how EA was like not that long ago, like start of the, this month. NFTs and the blockchain are a huge part of the future of yes. how we envision EA. Um, it's going to be a big, huge thing of what we're doing. EA's Andrew Wilson has said that. Uh, EA is not currently looking to get into the NFT business. Yeah, as recently as November, he described NFTs as an important part of the future of our industry. Uh, but when speaking in an earnings call last night, uh, when asked about NFTs, he gave a lengthy response. Basically, he tried to hand wave it off as, well, video games have always been intrigued in dabbling with emerging technology, and, you know, we were looking, looking at it, you know, the same as we do any tech. But, um, we're... Not, um, not, mm, They're being very opportunistic yeah. here. They are very much looking at this as how popular is this going to be? Yeah. How much blowback can we avoid here? Yeah. He's, they've not ruled it out. It's a, It's gone from it's, a, it's definitely a huge part of the future to, eh, you know, collectability is going to be important and whether that's blockchain or not, who knows. Maybe it's just that Android Wilson hadn't bought any NFTs yet and then looked into it and realised, oh shit, I'm too late for this. <sighs> no, we ain't pushing uh, it, boys. We ain't pushing it. Yeah. His, his, his umming and ahhing is, we're going to evaluate that over time, but right now it's not something that we're, um, that we're driving audience. Yeah. Like, 
it it sure seems like the initial excitement has died down somewhat at EA about this. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We'll see if it crops its head up again, but... I hope so. Troy Baker backed out. I don't think we talked about Troy yeah. Baker getting into them, did we? No, it, no, we didn't. But yeah, um, voice actor and corporate toady Troy Baker um, announced he was getting into some NFT shit, working with a platform that was stealing voice clips, because of course NFTs ha- always have to be a grift. Yeah. So specifically, I want to point out like the short-term nature of, of that grift he got into, because even if it wasn't blockchain-related... The idea was that you could buy an NFT of the phonics of his voice so that you could make him say things. Mm -hmm. And you would have the right to use that in projects. And that seems like an incredibly short-sighted idea for someone whose entire job (laughs) is their voice and having things said in their voice without you having to see them say it. But yeah, like th- this company was caught like stealing other companies' work and claiming it as their own and stuff like that. And when he initially announced it, and people pushed back against it, his initial response was to accuse people of just hating. Yeah, his it was along the lines of you can hate or you can create. Yeah, you can be a hater or a creator. Which again, like talking about NFTs and creation, like they should not be in the same fucking stratosphere. Those two concepts. <sighs> yeah. So it took about two weeks, um, but he's apologised for being antagonistic and completely U-turned on being involved in NFTs. And yeah, we we definitely need more of this. And God, I'm just so scared when I see, you know, the Paltrows and the Fallons and everyone pushing it, where it's like, this is going to hit a lot of mainstream people. And I I don't... It is, but... It's it's horrible. It is. Yeah. And and I I grieve for those people. Because this is going to be one of several yeah. opportunities in their lives for the wealthy to take what little they've managed to claw together from them. Yeah. So we had a we had a couple of other quick NFT um, stories. Go watch the Jimquisition this week for a big in depth one on this one. But Atari's doing loot loot boxes of NFTs. It's just the it's so mainstream game industry isn't it yeah it's just what this industry fucking is <laughs> it's it's audacious i mean i really yeah. gotta it's a bold maneuver gfts they call them or grifts for twats as i've been calling them gifts because it sounds a bit like gift it sounds like gift you could have it as like an app name because you took the vowels out if there's any company that was going to do this, I'm kind of not surprised it's Atari, because well, Atari... Yeah, no, they're basically just a shell with an investment group backing, so... Yeah, yeah. If there's a co- if there's one company I think will never back down from it, it's Atari, because they, they just have no shame. Yeah, no, they've nothing to lose. At this point, they might as well commit. They are an empty husk. They sold out years ago. Atari, as a brand, just exists for grifts like this. Yes. It's what it's made for now. Exactly, and like, and the kind of person who would buy this grift from them won't remember that it was them the next time there's a, a, a console that someone goes, oh, I remember Atari. And I, well, that's actually the, that's the interesting thing about it, is that they are the prime target for this kind of grift. Yeah. It's people who are, you know, in late middle age. Or older. Yeah. You know, people who are, say, you know, getting into their 50s. Uh, have some money uh, somewhere 
uh, are thinking about retirement, thinking about uh, a way that they should cash in uh, or, you know, some investment opportunity. And they're a little bit desperate. They're a little bit concerned for their future. And, oh, here's this thing that I recognize. And, oh, man, well, Atari was a huge brand. I haven't really thought much about them since the, ni- you know, early 1980s. That's the, the, the biggest part, I think, is trusted brand that I'm not aware isn't that brand anymore. Yeah. Rarities! Oh, yeah. The things inside have rarity levels. They're all supposed to be quote-unquote unique. The th- like, that's what an NFT's supposed to be. Like, it's just a <laughs> joke. It's a sick fucking joke. All of these are different, but these, like, it, it just shows you how bastardized the concept of rarity is in video games. <laughs> My 100% unique thing is actually a common 100% unique thing. Like I said in the Jimquisition, like it's a parody of the very concept of value itself. That's what this is. It shows you how arbitrary value is by taking it to like that arbitration to such an extreme degree that it's farce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rarities. And I'm still, I'm still chapped about them about the phrase. Metaverse real estate. Well, <laughs> it's not real. What the fuck? That estate isn't real. The estate isn't real. I, I want to fucking die. And the the last one. We'll get out of NFT corner in a second. Um, Ubisoft is doubling down on NFTs while being incredibly fucking patronizing to people who don't want NFTs. So they've had a lot of they've had a lot of pushback. The company that doesn't know sexual assault is bad is accusing everyone else of ignorance. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's um Nicholas Pullard, VP of Strategic Innovations. <laughs> I think gamers don't get what a digital secondary market can bring to them. For now, because of the current situation and context of NFTs, Gamers really believe it's first destroying the planet, and second just a tool for speculation. Yeah, yes it is. It is! But what we at Ubisoft are seeing is uh, first is the end game. The end game is about giving players the opportunity to resell their items once they're finished with them. Or finish playing the game itself. Just let people sell items without the fucking blockchain, man! Team Fortress 2 has been around for fucking years! (sighs) Like, that's... Like... that argument I've seen so many times, like every single argument I've seen for why NFTs are so yeah. good for games, explains a concept that either already exists or just doesn't need NFTs involvement. I mean, that's true of anything that someone says NFTs can be used for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in video games specifically, just keep saying, yeah, but TF2 hats. Yeah. Can, can you explain to me how t- this how is, is different, it different to TF2 hats that didn't burn the planet? The only difference is it puts money in some investor's pocket. That's the only difference. Yeah, so also the Ubisoft person said that NFTs are not an easy concept to grasp. Yeah, because they're deliberately obfuscated scams. Yeah, yep. you've, that's part of the rigged game you've set up, you fucking twat. Yeah, yeah, so... Prick. Like I, I. I mean, look. It's obvious that they thought we were all idiots because they tried to sell yeah. us on an NFT scam. Well, yeah, they already think you're a fucking asshole the moment they say, "Here, here is an NFT for you." Right. Um. But like, you know, as salty as I am in my discussions of the game industry, I try not to level like just, just base, vulgar personal insults at a person. 
but everyone I've seen talk about NFTs, I want to just say, shut up, you fucking twat. You fucking thief. You fucking liar. Like, I, I feel no need to soften up my my opinion and, and my um, need to insult anyone shilling for NFTs. Yeah. You are a bad person. That's all there is to it. You're a bad fucking person, which, you know, apparently you need that for a leadership role at Ubisoft anyway. But in this case, and in the case of everyone who's shilled for NFTs, you're just, you're genuinely a bad human being. You're just bad. You're just a prick. And, and I really want you to fuck off. And I won't say fuck off and die because of the optics. Uh, so we've we got a couple of other things that are of importance this week we should probably at least touch on. Sony's doing an acquisition of a of a game studio. Yeah, this is a... This is interesting. Yeah. This this one's funny because it's almost like... Oh, yeah? Well... well... Explain who it is. Yeah. All right, yeah, well, we'll have your table scraps. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So... In response to Microsoft buying um, Activision Blizzard King, Sony is buying Bungie, Ooh. previously previously Microsoft team that made Halo, uh, for $3.6 But the thing is, is, it's not just a previously Microsoft-owned studio, yeah. it's a previously Activision-owned studio as well. Like, it went from <laughs> Microsoft to Activision, those are together now, and Sony's like, well, fine, we'll... We'll have it. <laughs> we'll take the ones neither of you wanted. Yeah. So I guess Sony can lay claim to destiny. So I I will say this: there is a there is a much more clear explanation from Sony about what this does and does not mean. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's a much it's a much more direct, small. You can clearly elucidate one reason to buy this: the Activision Blizzard acquisition. There's hundreds of good reasons to do that. Uh well. <laughs> Here's, here's, here's the stuff we know right now. I'll, I'll, I'll summarize it. Mm -hmm. So, Sony has assured people who are currently enjoying uh, Destiny 2 that it will remain multi-platform and that the studio itself will remain an independent multi-platform studio. Okay. And the question then becomes, okay, if they're not buying them for exclusivity, what are they buying them for? And we're going to jump over to a different story here. Sony plans to release 10 live service games by 2026. Yikes. So that's a very fast turnaround. Do you remember live service games? That's a lot of time to expect enough people to sustain a live service game mm -hmm. to invest. Yeah, so to be clear, this is not Bungie will be making 10 live service games. No. To, to read the subhead here, um, I'm reading this from VG247. The Bungie acquisition was partially made in order to capitalize on the studio's expertise and technologies in the live service space. It seems like a big part of this is, yeah, keep making your stuff, but do teach us how to make effective stuff like that. So they're going to put out, what, like two live service games a year, Sony is? Yeah, so Sony plans to develop more than ten live service games within the next four years. Speaking to investors, Sony said one of the reasons it acquired Bungie was due to its expertise and technologies in the space. The company said it intends to utilize these strengths when developing game IP at PlayStation Studios as it expands into the live live service area. It plans to release these by March 31st, 2026. What it sounds like is we're trying to put live service elements into more of the games that our existing studios are making. Yeah. We have bought Bungie to teach our studios how to do that because we think 
I don't think it's ten dedicated games that are just being made to be live services. It sounds a lot more like we have plans. We have ten games in development that'll be out by 2026. We plan to put live service stuff into those. Hmm. That that certainly sounds to be the case. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly well, it's it's it. It's feasible timeline-wise in terms of production, certainly, yeah. It sounds more reasonable than three dedicated live services every year. It would take two and a half to three live service games every year for, between now and then yeah. to hit that target, and that doesn't sound feasible if they're dedicated games they've made just for that. So it's it's interesting. Well, and just how many players, like... yeah. That, yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing I keep coming back to: is how many people are expected to play these? That's a lot. Yeah, that that's a you. It feels like the kind of thing that would cannibalize your own market to have that yeah. many of your own games be those kinds of games because people won't need to buy the next thing you release because they're still playing the last thing you released, or they're going to stop playing the last thing that you released, and then your continuing investment in that product ceases, and then you lose all of the audience because you decide it's not worth it anymore. Now, what you do is if you realize you've invested far too much into it and now you can't sell it, just get Fallon to hawk it on his fucking show. <laughs> see, yeah, that that is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And I want to, I want to know what that because that ten games in four years mm -hmm. is the bit of it that is much more interesting to me than the actual acquisition from the notoriously committed Sony and the notoriously committed Bungie ten year plan for <laughs> Destiny. Well. See, the other thing, I've, I've had one thought about this that might make some sense out of it, which is there have been rumours for a while that very imminently we are going to get the announcement of a Game Pass competitor on PlayStation, like a proper Game Pass um, competitor. This has been very much fueled by the fact that shortly after these rumours started floating, certain kinds of PSN... Uh, subscription cards have started vanishing across Europe as if to make way for something new that's about to be dropped. Uh -oh. hmm. I do wonder if this is part of that, is they want to have a bunch of live services as part of a subscription fee because that's a more reasonable model for people to hop into and try a bunch of live services than expecting them to buy them full price. Yeah. Well, there is that hinting that, you know, Sony's looking at doing a PlayStation alternative to Game Pass, isn't there? Yeah, it, it's been rumoured for a while. I forget what it was called. Yeah, I forget what the rumour is, but, like, it seems like this could well be part of that puzzle, is we've bought a company that's going to help us make our games have longer legs on them so that there are more enticing value proposition on an ongoing subscription service. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I don't... This is entirely speculation on my part, but that's my best guess. Couple, a couple of last little things we'll try and wrap up nice and quick. Techland asks Dying 2 fans with early retail copies not to play until launch. <laughs> They've asked very nicely, I promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dearie me I'm sure that that, that will be the case It's the honour system yeah. for, and, and the video game industry is such a notoriously honourable industry yeah, that, that yeah. I believe it's commanded that level of respect As a mainstream AAA game Exactly, <sighs> yeah So the short version is people got their hands on the game Early because street date breaks Because that happens and here's, here's the statement from Techland. Fellow survivors, 
we see that some of you got an, uh, an access to the retail copies of Dying Light 2 before the release date. We understand you want to start exploring the city ASAP, and we couldn't be happier. But, 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 but don't play it yet. I mean... <laughs> yeah, they, they, they want you to wait until release date. Definitely not because, like, their marketing plans. By release day, you'll also get access to all the improvements and fixes we've implemented mm -hmm. in, in the day one patch. Yeah, they don't want footage of the game looking shit out there. Yeah, they don't want people seeing what a Techland product looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without without the patches. Yeah. I've played Techland games. Yeah. I've played some of them pre-patch. <laughs> we don't want you to play it the way that someone who has spotty internet and can't download an update or reviewers will play it. Yeah. we we, we the, the, the real way to, it's meant to be experienced with the day one patch it's like yeah but it's they've bought it and it's playable you can't <laughs> not let them i mean i think i'm 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 with them on this if i'm if i'm totally honest if you're a consumer who has gotten early access to a, a, <laughs> any video game at this point in terms of having the best possible consumer experience i would still encourage you to wait until release well, day yeah. to play that fucking thing yeah yeah <laughs> like i feel bad for devs when there are like spoilers that like for a game that some you know they've worked hard yeah. on the story there are spoilers sure. first of all it's a dying light game there's no <laughs> worry of of spoiling some artfully crafted narrative i don't mean to shit on their parade but it's a dying light game um but but in this case it's like you know the product was legally bought street date broke yeah. they're just trying to cover their asses in case the game is like runs like shit which let's face it it's a tech fan game it will Please don't play the game you bought. Like, <laughs> please. That's not gonna fly. No, but I do. I do respect it on some level. I find it just delightful. I'm trying to imagine the person that honors that. I'm trying to imagine the person who, like, excitedly got dying. Like, first, I'm trying to imagine someone who excitedly got dying. Like, toads. Sorry, I was not a fan of the first game. I know some people dug it, and I am interested to see if this one's any better, but that first one's infuriating. But I'm trying to imagine someone who's like, they've put it in their system, it's booting up, they see a tweet and just think, you know what? I can wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, solemn JPEG asked me to wait. Um, surprisingly, the responses to that tweet have been amusing, to say the least. I can imagine. I imagine there's a lot of photographs of people's TV screens. Yeah. Yeah. We've got one more um, story in the sort of serious realm and then something sort of nice to end on. Mm -hmm. Union-busting staff message from Activision oh, Blizzard yeah. released online. Mm. Have either of you had a chance to read no, this yet? No, let me just I'm skim sure it real grim. quick. Yeah. So, an internal statement from Activision Blizzard on unionization has been released online, seemingly persuading employees against the practice. It's so fucking transparent in its writing and its fucking lies. So it's a, a message from VP of QA, Christian Arends, because QA are the people who are, uh, you know, trying to unionize at the moment. It was shared online by former employee Jessica Gonzalez, who's one of the founding betters, uh, members of A Better ABK. Let's, let's find some of those lovely little highlights that were in here. If one studio decides to unionize, does that mean that all Activision st studios would fall under the union? No, union is only, only the, those people. You don't have to worry about it, the rest of you, it's just, it's just them, just them that's the union. Don't worry about it, anyone else. Uh, they're, they're doing a lot of work to try and imply that unions have no power to negotiate things. 
So, like, was the union responsible for the company converting temporary employees to full-time employees? And it was done for business reasons, not in response to their views on unionization. Specifically, um, uh, is part of the existing model for RavenQA. The status of these employees is the same as other employees and are subject to our policies and practices. We encourage employees to educate themselves on what unions can or cannot do. For example, we as a company respected the rights of Raven strikers to strike, but we did not, nor were under, required under the law, to agree to their demands. If you want clarity, we suggest you reach out to HR directly. So, yeah, they're just fully acknowledging that, like, hey, we didn't do any of Raven's, um, you know, strike demands because we weren't required to. Hey, you know what would make you kind of forced to? If there was a union, yeah. and the union used their collective bargaining power, because they want to imply that the union doesn't have power to change things, they ca they can. Yeah, they, they have. If they have a majority as a union, they have a lot of good bargaining power. Uh, you know, I I'm I'm enjoying the section on uh, protecting employees and providing them with job <gasps> yes! security. That's very good. This is my favorite. It's, yeah, it's excellent. Uh, I mean, this whole thing. <laughs> I, if I'm if I'm being honest, uh, uh, you know, taking all of my emotion and 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 critical thinking skills outside of my ability to appreciate writing. Mm. This is brilliant. It so deftly skirts that line in terms of what it can legally say without quite crossing it. If you've never had any real insight into what union busting is like, this is a beautiful example of companies skating just shy of breaking the law to discourage people from getting power. Right. But this, uh, the section on, um, on protecting employees, there's a choice quote in here. A union doesn't do anything to help us produce world-class games, and the bargaining process <gasps> is not typically quick, often reduces flexibility, and can be adversarial and lead to negative publicity. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. The current process, one, seems to be revo resulting in a lot of negative publicity. <laughs> oh. Two, seems adversarial for me as an outsider looking yeah. in. So one of my favorite things about this is they're trying to sell having to give a reason to fire people as a bad thing. <sighs> so for anyone who's unaware, in the US as a general state of things, you don't need a reason to fire someone as long as it can't be proved that you did it because of discrimination. You can, uh, at will employment. Well, this, and this varies state to state. Many states in the United yeah. States are at will states. Um, I live in one now. I grew up in one. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, they don't have to provide any sort of reasoning for why termination happened. And a, a big thing that unions will often push for in those states is a just cause provision where they have to actually give a reason let and say you have done something wrong and that is why you are no longer employed. Um, so let me read how they've presented this job security protection of a just cause provision. While many union contracts include a just cause provision and a grievance process, this is really just a different way to deal with disciplinary issues. Even union contracts with just cause and grievance procedures still allow companies to enforce disciplinary rules, and members are disciplined and terminated even with these so-called protections. Yes. Yes. 
they're disciplined and fired when they've done something wrong. Right. Not just because you felt like having more money. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, we don't, we're not having, yeah, yeah you, you are describing the thing functioning as it's supposed to. Yeah. People still get fired, dot, 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 when there's a reason. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're not banned from firing people. They just can't fire you for no reason. That's why it's a protection. No, it's that if they're going to fire you for ha uh, because they're trying to improve their bottom line, they have to say that. Yes. I mean, basically, they have to say, oh, no, you were perfectly fine. We just wanted to make more money. Yeah. They have to be open about capitalism. Uh, this whole thing's a fucking mess. It, it goes a lot into the um, like collective bargaining versus singular bargaining, and again, making that bold-faced lie that as an individual you can just negotiate with the company for better treatment and they'll just give it to you, and trying to imply that, like, Oh, a union, all that'll do is slow down those conversations. And what if the union doesn't agree with what you want? Well, here's the thing. Okay, now the the the, the definition of quick. Okay, if if the negotiation process is quick, it's because they said, This is what we're going to give you. Yeah. That was quick, wasn't it? Yeah. It it takes longer because you are leveraging more power and actually having a chance at changing things, which you don't generally as an individual. I also like often reduces uh. flexibility. Flexibility for whom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? Negotiating with your boss about pay should be adversarial. Yeah, one of my favorite things is that the a unionized company cannot act quickly on its own if the union does not agree with its position. Yes, what that means is the company cannot rush through a change without the collective bargaining workforce going, hang on a second, let's talk about that first. What yeah. I love about any union-busting letter, because they all largely uh, behave the same way, is any bit that isn't a an up to the line lie is just an argument in favor of unionization. Yeah, it's just a description yeah, of the benefits. Yeah. They're just telling you what the the good thing is, and then trying to convince you it's bad. Tr trying to word it as if it's bad. Yeah, it reminds me of that that quote I used to uh, John Ricatello, who used to be in charge of EA. I used to enjoy quoting a thing he said when he said, um, "In years past, uh, you would just buy a game and play the game. Like the <laughs> game you bought was the game you got. That was it." And I used to like just present that as a quote and be like. Yeah. They're saying this is a bad thing. And then that's what these union busting letters always are. It's like anything that isn't just a fucking lie is them just trying, like, just stating a good thing and saying it's bad. Yeah. And the, the last one is just like a real Hail Mary there, like, last attempt to be like, please, please, please don't sign it. Must I vote for the union if an election occurs if I filled out the union's um authorization card? Um, And they're like, even though you may have signed a union authorization card, which is a card saying, yes, I will I will join a union if, if, if we go ahead with this, uh, you're not obligated to vote for the union in an election, should one occur. Uh, remember that they're conducted by secret ballot, so nobody will know which way any employee votes unless they choose to share that information. Right. Okay. <sighs> so, can I tell you my favourite thing about the, screen the screenshot of this? Mm-hmm. One of you can see the Activision Blizzard King staff's Discord responses to this post, 
And one of the first little icons you see is the the L.A. Noir doubt <laughs> image meme. <laughs> the little face with the blue square to doubt. And I'm like, yes, this gives me confidence that the people at ABK are not falling for this union-busting bullshit. So, well done, Raven Software folks, for not... Yeah, lots of... You've got thumbs downs, um, the doubt face, you've got what appears to be the Seymour Skinner pathetic look <laughs> down his nose meme. But that was my first thought, was, like, pathetic. Yeah. That's what these arg- this argument is. It's pathetic. It's desperate, cloying attempts to stop what appears to be a pretty inevitable roll down the hill towards unionization. Yeah. And more fucking power to everyone involved. Hell yeah. Give them fucking hell. Yep. Which for them is a safe and happy workforce. Give them that. That's hell. There you are just describing the benefits again. Yep. So the last thing I wanted to mention, and this is just a nice little thing that's worth knowing because... It's a, it's just a nice thing. If you have any of the Dark Pictures anthology games, those um, uh, the ones made by the Until Dawn devs yeah. that are like little co-op-y experiences, if you own any of those, um, through all of February, you can play them co-op with as many people as you like. You can just co-op with people who don't have copies of the game to play co-op with. For a month, it's just, hey, do you, just download a client that'll let you play co-op with someone who already owns it. And that's just that's just a nice thing that I thought I'd point out is there because those games are really neat in co-op. They do some cool stuff, and it's a good excuse to co-op without having to buy the game twice. Yeah, nice. That's just that's just a nice thing. I want to end on something that wasn't just fucking unions and NFTs. Of course, of course. I try and have something left at the end. Yeah. Oh, Miyamoto doesn't like Navi. That's the other thing. <laughs> Who does? Miyamoto's like in hindsight, Navi's a bit fucking annoying. Good man. Paraphrased. <laughs> Works for me. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I think we did yeah. it. We did it. It's not all we've done. No. What else have we no, done? No, I've I've heard you you've done a couple of things over the yeah. over the years, Laura. Yeah, I've, I've done a couple of things. Yeah, why don't you yeah. tell us about? Well, uh, I have brain stopped there. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz basically everywhere on the internet. Things I'm doing at the moment, I just announced last week, I think it was last week, doing a children's book. Uh, it's called Me and My Dysphoria Monster. Uh, it comes out on August 18th. It is an illustrated children's book uh, explaining gender dysphoria in child-appropriate and understandable language without, without you know, simplifying it down too much to, you know simplify the topic it's very good i'm real proud of that book um i've got the mind of a child and i understood it <laughs> uh it's got a lovely little section at the back at the back for if you uh have an adult that needs sort of more in-depth explanation of certain certain things and that's a sort of reference point there that was an excellent touch by the way yeah mm-hmm. i'm very happy with how it's all come together so yeah august 18th uh go go give it a pre-order it's coming out in the summer just laura k bars everywhere else what about you, comrade? What do you do? Ah, uh, well, um... Fuck, now I've forgotten how to do this. Oh my god. <laughs> you can find me uh, at Conrad Zimmerman on <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> uh, you can hang out with me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman. 
three, four days a week at a variety of times. It's probably some time that works for you. Just hit the follow button and, and get the notification and then come hang out. Uh, you can buy anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com or audiobooks at conradreads.com. You could also hear me on Let's Talk About Snacks, talking about snacks with Lauren Morgan and Linda Camiolo. And everything that I do online gets supported through Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash fistshark. And you know who else has a Patreon? It's James Stephanie Sterling. <gasps> Uh, Patreon.com slash Jimquisition. I also stream Twitch TV slash Jim Sterling. What's happening to me? I've absorbed their powers of recall. Help! <laughs> also, if you can get to Newcastle, England on Saturday, February 5th, that's this weekend, Commander Sterling is making their United Kingdom debut with North Wrestling. Oh, actually, shit, no. I'm, oh, there we go. I Woo! forgot we sold out. Ah. We, yeah, I forgot we sold out. <laughs> <laughs> the universe is balanced again um but well um but hey great congratulations on the sellout show yeah 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 i'm very excited there's been a, a level of hype for the the debut that i wasn't expecting from fans and from just uh north wrestling pushing it the uk's real hype for you to you to be here and start your stuff the uk's ready for for yeah the return they think to the home nation well yeah um but yeah, I, I guess next week I'll be able to tell you all how that went. Uh, I think is that it. I think this is the bit where we stop talking. I think I, I think we stop around now. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go practice my choke slam. Oh, oh yes. Something tells me I'll need it this weekend. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some dinner. Get some. Ooh, what are you? What are you eat? <laughs> <So I don't, laughs> like a gossip, like a gossiping old lady. Just, ooh, she's starting having dinners now. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Ha <laughs> ha